Welcome to the No Boring Stories podcast. This is a little off-the-cuff episode. We're kind of winging it here with a few ideas because I really want to talk about being here. So this is being fully present, no production, no music, no intro, none of that stuff. Just talking about being here. And this is relevant to me because it, well, this has been the constant struggle of my life. And maybe it is for you as well. I am seriously considering these days getting uh, tattoos on my wrists. On my left wrist, it will say the word here. And on my right wrist, it'll say the words, I am. Here I am. I am here. You see that? You could actually like kind of, I actually imagine like moving my wrists, like in sort of, you know, seeing the different sentence. I am here. Here I am. I am here. Here I am. High five if you just did that with your hands as well. This comes from a story, uh, which is really one of the most significant Bible stories uh, for me. You know, I, I taught a lot of stories from the Bible over my years, and this one I would come back to consistently. And it wasn't Jesus, it was Moses. And, you know, wherever you're at on all of that, as far as I see it, not even sure that Moses existed, but these are stories that people wrote about to, to tell their history to best describe the human experience in our understanding of who God is and what our role is in this world. And so this character of Moses, this person who runs away from home and then hides and gets a comfortable life as a shepherd and then is called back to his people to free his people from slavery, there's something so relatable in this. Though it sounds like it's thousands of years ago and it's a country far away from here and it's uh, completely absurd and beyond our realm of understanding and belief and, and so much of this with parting the Red Sea and the miracles and the nine the ten plagues and all these things that happen that go beyond our understanding of reality and maybe even bring in a sense of magic, I think that's part of it. I think that part of this whole story, part of what we're living in right now is this effort to see a little bit beyond what is just in front of us. And that's what happens when Moses, if you know the story, he grows up as this prince of Egypt. So he's a Hebrew baby. And then uh, the, the Egyptian ruler says, we're going to murder all the Hebrew babies. So his mom is like, oh, I'm going to send him down a river and then sends him down a river because I guess that's the more safe thing to do. And he ends up getting picked up by this Egyptian princess who is like, hmm, I want a baby, but I don't want to take care of it. So I'll hire a, I'll hire someone to take care of it. And then she goes and freaking hires a Hebrew woman who just happens to be Moses' birth mother. It's a brilliant thing. Parents, be jealous. This mama was paid to raise her child in, <laughs> in a palace. Oh, it's good stuff. And so he's raised as the prince of Egypt and, um, it, you know, go catch the movie and you'll... And, and then as he gets forward, he, he starts to feel this, as he gets older, he starts to feel this yearning towards his people. And he sees that the Egyptians are treating these Egyptian or these Hebrew people as slaves. And he starts to feel like compassion for them. And so one day when he sees this, he sees an Egyptian beating a Hebrew. He's like, no way. And he pushes this guy and he falls off the edge of a scaffold and murders him. And everyone's like, oh, I saw you do that. And he's like, no, you didn't. And they're like, yes, we did. And so he runs away, gets a teardrop tattoo and, and goes and hides in the desert. And then is there for many years and meets a farmer, marries his daughter and is a shepherd. 
And he's actually taking care of sheep. He's sitting out in the wilderness one day, just in the baking hot sun, letting his sheep roam with this big curved staff. You can picture it. And then he looks over to his left and he sees something extraordinary. He sees something out of the ordinary. And I wonder how many times we go through life and we miss the extraordinary because we're so focused on what's in front of us. We're so focused on the next step that we don't have time. We don't have the energy. We don't have the space to look to the left and right and see something that might be extraordinary. How often do you look up and just think in wonder of the clouds and the fact that we are on a floating ball in the middle of existence, moving at 30,000 kilometers an hour? This is the extraordinary, and we can miss it so easily by just looking down at the next step. While Moses is sitting there and he's super comfortable in his life, and maybe you're comfortable in your life, and you just need to give, get a breath and look and recognize the extraordinary, but here's the next step. He sees this thing. This thing is a bush. It's a bush. And, and I mean, this is the thing. In the desert, spontaneous combustion happens a lot. So this actually wasn't something very extraordinary that there was something on fire in the middle of the desert. What was extraordinary about it was that it didn't burn up. And so he goes over and he says, I will, <laughs> I love this, in the Bible, you know, in the English language Bible, it says, he thought to himself, I will go over and see this strange sight. I just love how matter of fact it is when you see sentences like that. And sometimes it just jumps out to you. Anyways, maybe that's just me. And so he goes over and sees this strange sight. And again, maybe this is an invitation for us. When you see the extraordinary, do you go towards it or do you resist it? So he goes over to something that's out of the ordinary, this opportunity, and he sees it. And he looks closer. He sees that this fire is going. And it's hot. And it's crackling. And then he hears a voice. And the voice says, Moses, Moses. And he says these three significant words. Maybe you can guess. Here I am. I imagine him dropping his staff, holding out his hands, and responding to this voice emotionally. He doesn't think about it. Before he has time to think about what could happen next, who this voice is, what is going on, he simply responds passionately, emotionally. He responds from his heart, from probably deeper in his heart. He responds from something deep in his soul, in his gut that says, here I am. And now this is the key. This is why I want to get this tattooed. This is why I'm here talking about this. Because we are resisting not only the extraordinary, but we are resisting taking a step, taking a move, taking a chance, unless we know what the outcome is going to be. But maybe, maybe showing up, saying here I am before you know what the result is going to be is where the extraordinary thing will happen. Maybe that's where the success is found in this life. Maybe that's where you step out of the mundane and you find the magic. When you start to say, here I am, you show up in life with open palms, ready to receive and give at a moment's notice before you know or can guarantee with any certainty what the results of this action will be. This is starting a business. This is opening, start just hitting record on a podcast, starting to show up live on a video. This is uh, reaching out to the person that you think doesn't have the time of day for you. This is 
uh, investing in yourself with a coach. This is taking a step and reading a, a book that is bigger than anything you've ever read before. I'm telling you, it doesn't have to be something massively significant, just something that you haven't tried before that you're not sure if you will be able to succeed at this thing, but my goodness, you're willing to give it a shot. That's where the extraordinary is found. That's what showing up in this life and truly being here is all about. I remember flipping through the Harry Potter series, and, and I, I maybe I've told this story before, but uh, on the opening day or the day that the last Harry Potter book was, was released, I went to the bookstore and I was in the mall at 10 a.m. in the morning because I was a cool teenager like that. And... I saw that the Deathly Hollows was on the bookshelf and I was like, oh, sweet. So I went and looked at it. I hadn't read a word of the series before that. And I flipped to the end and I read the last 10 pages standing there in the bookstore. I read the words, I've had enough trouble for one lifetime. And I closed the book and I knew the ending. I knew how it ended. I skipped to the end and I knew it, but I didn't care. I didn't give a rat's behind about any of it because I hadn't read anything leading up to it. And that's what happens when we jump ahead, when we try to guess where this is going to go, we don't actually learn the whole story along the way. We don't have any compassion for the story along the way. What happens, maybe you're like this, when you read a book, you kind of jump ahead, you see how many pages are left in the chapter, you look ahead, maybe you see, you know, what's the end of the story going to be like, but we don't get to do that in our life. We actually don't get to flip ahead. We don't get to skip to the end. We get to live each day, read each page as it's happening. That is what being here is about. It's about be saying, I'm here for this moment. I he I'm here fully present for what's happening here and what opportunities could come. And I don't know where this is going to go. Now, of course, that's scary. But I believe that it is the invitation that we're truly supposed to step into because what comes out of this in the Moses story is phenomenal. That's when then this voice reveals itself as God and says, well, here's what I want you to do. And then Moses is like, what? No way. I can't do that. And he's like, yes, you can. And he's like, okay, wait, 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 wait. You want me to go and free these people from slavery? I'm just one guy. I'm just a shepherd. And there's more to say on this that I'll say in another episode for sure about his own identity, how he sees that uh, versus what it really is and how that's used to, uh, to fulfill this mission. But for now, let's think about this. He says, here I am. Then the mission is given to him and then the fear creeps in. Isn't that how it is with us? Some of you have been like, yeah, of course, I'll step into this. I'll do this thing. I'll try this thing. And then you take the risk. You take the leap. You signed up for the program. You entered the room. And then when you got into that room, you thought, what the hell have I done? Oh, no. I can't believe I did this. You idiot. And then the voice starts speaking again, doesn't it? That voice of fear that you quieted for just a moment, just long enough to make that, that critical presence decision, now finds its way back in and says, you're such a fool. And that's what was happening in this story with Moses. And God reminds him and says, no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. I've got this. I'm going to take care of this. I got you here. You, you responded to me. You said, here I am. And so I've got something for you. And if you're so willing, then you will see remarkable things happen through you. And finally, through much argument, he says, okay, fine. Fine, I'll do it. Fine. I will fulfill my God-given mission but under protest. <laughs> and look, I honestly, I don't know. There's a lot to this. 
There's a lot about being present here in the moment. There's a lot about responding to your call, whether it's with protest, through protest or not. And I think that both of these play hand in hand with each other. If you are going to go through this life and go through your story, being fully present, staying here on the page that you're in, then you will be much more willing to respond to the call as it comes and say, I don't know where this is going, but it feels right right now. Here I am. One more thought on these words, here I am. And the, 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 um, value of having them as I've described on one hand and then the other two words on the other hand. Here on one hand, I am on the other. There's a practice that I heard uh, long ago. Uh, I guess it's uh, a, a Jewish practice um, to hold two notes in alternate pockets, one on your right, one on your left. And let's say on the left side, you hold a note that says the universe was made for you. And there's this bigness, this vastness that, yes, this is all for you. Enjoy it, my child. Look at the stars. They were made for you. Look at the grass. It was made for you. Look at all of this. It was made for you because you're that important. You're that valuable. You are that admired and loved. And in the other pocket, I have a note that says, to the dust you will return. And this one is to remind us that you are nothing more than dust. Do not value yourself higher than another because you are both made of dust. Do not value yourself higher than the stars or the planets or think that you have a right over anything else on this planet because you were made of this planet. You were made of the dust. So please don't lift yourself up. Please don't think of yourself more highly than you should. You see, there's this alternate belief and we're supposed to live in tension of both of those thoughts that yes, the universe was made for you and yes, you are made of the dust. For me, this phrase, here I am, is kind of my retelling of that. That comes from this story of Moses, and I think I would like to pass on to you to try to be fully present here in the moment and remind yourself that here is where I am. So here is that I am made of the dust. Note for me. It's, look, all that I can do is be here right now. I am here in my office, staring at the window, speaking into a microphone. I am nowhere else on this planet. I have no influence anywhere else right now. Or maybe I have influence, but I don't know what's happening. Look, me as a physical person, I am here. This is all that I can actually do right now is what I can do here where I am. Here. That's it. But the I am, now that speaks to eternity. I am is a statement of presence. I am is not I was. It's not I will be. It's I am. It's this long-lasting, ever-present statement. I am means that I have been a part of this creation from the beginning, and I will be till the end. Created to create, created out of creation, part of the magic. So here, yes. I am, yes. Here I am, yes. I am here. May this be an encouragement for you today. May you go and see yourself fully on the page that is being written here today. May you see the extraordinary as you walk around and lift your head up from what is right in front of you. And may you feel that you are both here and part of the I am. And your story is being told for all eternity. Whew! That's big. That's a little bit more magical than I'm normally talking, isn't it? But it's for you. Maybe here today.